Abigail. And this is Dan. Together we pastor Hope Culture Church in Elgin, Illinois. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Hey everyone, welcome to Church Online. So glad you're tuning in with us. What a week. It's been a wild week. And honestly, I love that last song we sang where it says, God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me wisdom. Give me vision. Help me see things the way you do, God. Uh, I love that. That's really the heart of what we're talking about today is turning our focus, looking and talking to God and asking him to help us when we feel overwhelmed. Because I don't know about you, most of the time when we're struggling with anxiety or stress or any of these things, it's pretty much a private battle. And you could be going through one of the hardest times in your life, one of the biggest battles, and nobody might know about it. It might just be you and your mind and maybe a couple close friends, and you're kind of just wrestling through it. But it seems like right now, everybody is feeling it and expressing it. We're a little bit stressed out. We're a little bit anxious. There's a lot going on. And that's what I want to talk about. We're kind of united under stress. Stress is what brings us together today. No, I'm going to be talking about anxiety, that feeling of uncertainty, of being overwhelmed, of struggling, that constant pressure, that angst, that heaviness. Um, Maybe you've experienced it. Maybe you haven't had words for it, but you felt that something is off. I want to talk about that this week, and I want to open up right away with Philippians chapter four. That's going to be our text for the day, and then we're going to pray. It says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Verse five, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul is writing this letter to the Philippian church while he's in a Roman prison, while he is in a jail cell. So he knows what he's talking about. He is in a situation that isn't easy, but he's calling us to not be anxious. He's calling the church not to have anxiety, but to cast their cares upon him. So let's do that now. God, we turn to you. Many of us feel overwhelmed, stressed about different things, stressed about our own things in our individual lives. God, we turn to you. We ask that you'd speak to us now this morning through your word. Would things change? Would we experience your peace even now in this moment? Would we experience your peace? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, before we jump in, it's kind of anxiety is a big thing to talk about. How do you kind of define it? It comes, it's situational, it's emotional, it can be physiological, it can be something going on in your body. And it's, it's often, and I would argue almost always, there is a spiritual component. But if it's all of these different things, I want to give a little disclaimer that I'm only talking about the spiritual aspect this morning, as you can kind of expect from church. We're opening up the Word of God, we're praying together, and we're talking about what He has to say about anxiety. But if you have anxiety and you feel like it's something more and you need to get it dealt with, go to a counselor, see your doctor, do those different things. But I want to tackle it specifically from the Word today. First of all, is it wrong to feel anxious? Is anxiety a sin? And I want to say no. I don't think it is. I actually think that Jesus experienced anxiety. And that might catch you off guard for a minute, but think about it. Right before he went to the cross, we have this moment where he's in the garden. It says that he's literally sweating blood because he's overwhelmed. He feels the weight of what is right in front of him heading to the cross. And he prays. He goes to God in that moment and says, if there's any other way, take this cup from me but not my will, yours 
be done. I think that sounds like the pressure and weight that comes with anxiety. And I would argue that anxiety isn't a sin, but it's actually a symptom. It's a sign. It's a signal. It's an alert that something else is going on. Anxiety is a flashing warning that we need to deal with something else. And when we're, we're in that place where we're feeling overwhelmed, where we're feeling anxious, it doesn't matter how big or small the next thing that gets piled on is, we feel it. It feels like, oh man, another thing. How could another thing go wrong? How could another thing not be going my way? How could another thing break? How could this financial situation pop up? This issue in my relationship, this issue at school, whatever it is, we feel that and it compounds and it feels so big. This week, I had a moment that uh, felt a little overwhelming on top of everything else going on is our refrigerator stopped working. It was uh, Wednesday morning. I woke up and I opened the refrigerator and things weren't as cold as they were supposed to be. Actually, we opened it up. You could hear it. It was beeping. It was giving us a little alert and it was saying HI or H1. And that was a code signaling that the refrigerator was too hot. The temperatures were running higher in the refrigerator and the freezer than they were supposed to be. And that is like anxiety. It's a signal that something else is wrong. The beeping, that's not the problem. The, the code H1 isn't the problem. It's letting me know that something else has gone wrong. So what did I do? I did what everybody my age does, and I hopped on YouTube and started Googling it and looking at the internet, seeing what can I find. Looked at the manufacturing instructions. What does this code mean? How can I fix it? What can I do? What, what are the possible problems? Because I want to look at whoever made and manufactured our refrigerator knows what that code means and knows the best solution for it. And the same is true for anxiety. When we have anxiety, it is a sign, it is a symptom, it is a signal that we are to pray. We should go to the manufacturer, the one who created us, and go to him and his word and what does he say about what we should do about anxiety. And as we read in that passage in Philippians, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, pray. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Anxiety is an alert. It's that check engine signal. It's the light flashing on the smoke detector. It's something that's letting us know, hey, something is wrong. And the solution for us as followers of Jesus is to go and present our requests before God. Be anxious about nothing, but in every situation, no matter what your situation is, pray. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. If you're worried about your finances, pray. If you're worried about a diagnosis, pray. If you're worried about a strain in a relationship, pray. If there's a decision you need to make, pray. If you're worried about your kids, pray. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. We need to let our requests be known. But that asks the question, you know, sometimes we just assume that when I say, let's pray, we all know what that means and how to do that. But the more I've been in ministry, the longer Abigail's been in ministry, we've talked about how sometimes we actually don't practically know how to pray. What does that mean? What am I supposed to do? If I'm feeling this feeling, if I feel anxious, if I feel overwhelmed and I know I'm supposed to pray, that seems like a logical next step. That's what the word of God is saying. How do I actually do that? Do I have to pray in the King James Version? Do I have to use fancy words? Do I need to quote scripture while I do it? I don't know, because maybe you've been around that person, you're intimidated by them. They're like, Isaiah 54, 7, no weapon formed against me shall prevail, or 54, 17, or whatever. You know, they're like quoting scripture in their prayer. And you're like, am I supposed to do that? I mean, you can do that. You don't have to, though. 
I think when we feel intimidated by prayer or how to pray or what to pray, it often just leads us to not praying. But the reality is, is God just wants us to come as we are and express those things to him. All of my kids ask for things differently. That phrase here, it literally says, present your requests to God. Um, There's different ways to translate that, that Greek phrase. It means let your needs be known. Let your needs be known. Make known what is needed. Present that to God. And my kids come to me differently, each one of them a little bit, and how they want to ask for something, something they need. You know, Judah has lots of different strategies. Sometimes for fun, he's at that age where he's learning how to write. So he'll write a note, you know, can I do this? Or will you be able to give me this? Check yes or no. And, you know, he holds up the note just for fun. Or, um... He tries to butter you up and like let you know what he's done. And then he tells you it. And Matthias, he'll try to make his case. He'll, he'll like explain why you should do what he's asking. And Poema is just really direct. You know, she's only two years old. She'll just be like, mommy, water, water. I need water, mommy, water. And she just repeats herself until something happens. And I think that that is how we can approach God with our needs. We can come to him as we are authentically and express it to him. Prayer throughout the Bible looks different in different people's lives and in different seasons and their different relationship and maturity with their relationship with God. And I think we can do that. We can just come to him. We can journal it and pray. We can pray quietly. We can pray out loud. We can sing it. We can shout it. We can just sigh. And one of my favorite prayers is just help. God help. I need your help right now. You can shout it. You can shout it joyfully. Praise the Lord. I'm so excited. Thank you, God, for this breakthrough. You can shout in anger. We see throughout the Psalms, we see in Lamentations, all of these different emotions can come out. God can handle your temper tantrum. He can handle the emotions that you're feeling. He's already aware of them. Let's be honest and go before them and express our needs. The reality is, is me as an imperfect father, like it when my kids come to me with their needs, with their requests, and let me know. How much more is our perfect heavenly father going to hear and receive and love us when we come to him with what's on our heart? It says, do not be anxious about anything, but present your request. Let them know Let them be known. Let your needs be known to God. Another thing that some people talk about is uh, um, remembering some different things we can hit when we pray. You know, Jesus teaches his disciples um, that prayer where he says, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, maybe you know it, uh, hallowed be thy name. And we kind of see as Jesus teaches how to pray and as Paul teaches how to pray and as we see examples of prayer in the Bible, we see these four different categories kind of pop up. And a good acronym for them is ACTS, A-C-T-S, adoration. That's just giving God praise, thanking him for who he is, adoring him. It's that awe-inspiring, you are holy God, you are worthy God, and that sort of thing. That C, that next letter is confession, being honest and saying, I've messed up in this area. God, I need to let you know this. Will you forgive me for this thing that's happened? And that T is thanksgiving. In this verse, it even says that we should come with thanksgiving, present your request to God. By prayer and petition, you know, praying and asking, 
with thanksgiving. That's the filter we ask through. Let your requests be made known to God. Thanking him for who he is. Thanking him for prayers he's answered before. Thanking him for what he has already done in your life. And the last one is supplication, which is just a fancy Christian word for asking. That's what we're talking about in this moment is just asking God, can you intervene in this moment? I need your help. I feel overwhelmed. I feel stressed out. I feel the weight of this. I feel the pressure of this. My family is divided. My relationship isn't working right. We have a financial strain here. What's going on in the country is overwhelming me. All of these different things that you may be feeling, God is inviting you and giving you the opportunity just to bring them to him. Anxiety is a signal. It's a symptom. It's an alert of time that we need to spend in prayer. Maybe you've read the Bible a little bit or are familiar. You've gone to church before and you've heard of this guy named Peter. Peter was one of the disciples. He was, you know, the bold one, the one who did a lot of crazy things. And, you know, Peter has uh, a couple letters that he wrote in the New Testament too. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, we read what he writes here. He says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, under God's hand, that he may lift you up when? In due time. We need to humble ourselves, trusting God, putting ourselves under his protection, under his care, under his authority, that at his right time, at the right time, he may lift us up. This next verse I love, verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him. Cast your anxiety. That word is so rich. That idea of casting is literally throwing. It's like tossing. It's, it's sending it away. Maybe you can think of fishing. You cast your hook or you, you cast the nets and we're casting our anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. We can send our cares to him because we know he cares about us. That's why earlier I said, if it matters to you, it's on God's heart too. If it's something that you care about, God cares about it as well. Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We need to be alert, sober-minded, watching out for the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The enemy is trying to attack us. In, this three, in these three verses, where we are six and seven and eight, we see that the devil is roaring around looking for someone to devour, but we're called to put ourselves under the protection of God's hand and that we can cast our cares to him when we're in that place. And here's the thing. If you feel under attack, if you feel overwhelmed, that's because you have something that you are called to do. The devil feels like you are a threat. You don't attack somebody who is not going to do anything. You are positioned by God to make a difference in this world. You know, we want people to find hope and take their next step in following Jesus. And we do that through knowing God, finding freedom, discovering your purpose, and making a difference. And as you're on that path to make a difference, there is a real enemy of your soul who does not want to see that happen. And he's going to attack you. But the safest place you can be is under God's mighty hand, casting your cares upon him, letting him know what's on your mind. When we are anxious, it's a signal, it's an alert to head to God in prayer. And to be honest, this has been a time, this season, these months have been hard for me. 
we've had to make more decisions with less information and in a shorter amount of time than ever before. And so for me, this is a signal in my personal life that I need to pray more. I've been spending more time with God because the more I feel stressed, the more I know I need him. As I feel that, I need to release that to him. To, when, when you feel depleted or hopeless or like you're sinking, that is the time to reach out to God. In fact, I think it's really important to understand those verses we just read that Peter wrote when he talks about God lifting you up in due time. I can't help but think of the imagery of a time that Peter was literally lifted up by Jesus. Maybe you know the story. They're out on a boat. The disciples are out on a boat and a storm is coming and they see somebody walking and they realize that is Jesus. Jesus is walking on water. And Peter has this moment where he's full of faith and he gets out and he's going to walk too because if Jesus can do it, he wants to do it with him. And he takes a few steps, but then he gets scared. He sees the situation that he's in, that the, the waves are big and the wind is rushing and roaring. And because of that, he has doubt and he begins to sink. In that moment of sinking, Jesus grabs his hand and lifts him up. And when you realize that that Peter is the same Peter who writes this and says, humble yourself under God's mighty hand so that at the right time, he may lift you up. You get this picture of Peter speaking from experience, of feeling overwhelmed, that he literally feels like he is sinking because he is actually sinking but Jesus pulls him up. The problem might not be that we're sinking. The problem might be that we're not reaching out because we're not told that everything's going to be made perfect. The promise is not follow Jesus and your life will get so much better. No, no, no. Jesus actually says that, you know, in this world, you'll face hard times, but take hope. He's overcome the world. So the problem might not be that you feel like you're sinking, that you feel like you're drowning, that you feel like you're overwhelmed. The problem might be that you're not reaching out, that you aren't waiting for God to lift you up at the right time. You know what I love about that verse in Philippians that we were reading is that it says, the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. It, he will, and it's his peace that he offers we're not called to figure this out on our own. We're not called just to pray and make ourselves feel better. We're not called to, you know, just stress management or things like that. Those are good and healthy and we need to take care of ourselves. But ultimately, God is offering his peace, the peace of God, a peace that's produced by his spirit within us. And it says that peace will guard our hearts and our minds. It'll watch over those things, which is so important because there's a cycle with anxiety. You know, we feel anxious, we feel overwhelmed. So what do we do? We try to grasp for more control. Instead of reaching up to heaven, up to God, asking him for help, we try to grab more control of that situation or more control in an area of our life. And when we reach for more control, we, we realize we're actually less in control than we even thought. We realize we don't have control. And so that causes us to be more anxious. And when we feel more anxious, we try harder to be in control. And it's a cycle that we need to get out of. Because the reality is, is as Christians, we are offered to realize the position we're in, 
that we are not fully in control, that, that it is not just up to us, that there is a God who loves us and cares for us. He loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. And he offers that when we humble ourselves, put ourselves under his hand, that he'll lift us up, that we can cast our anxiety upon him because he cares for us. Philippians, that we can present our requests to him, let our needs be known with thanksgiving, and the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds. The peace of God will guard your heart and your mind as you let those things be made known to him, as you go to him in prayer. That idea of guarding is so important because it doesn't last long before we feel anxious or worried again. There's so many things in our lives right now that can cause us to feel that. And that is a signal. It's an alert. It's a symptom to head to him in prayer, to trust him, to just be honest with him, to speak to him and let him know what's going on. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. It's not a logical peace. It's not a peace that makes sense. It's not something that's all of a sudden I see the, the pieces and that sort of thing. It's just a gift that surpasses understanding that guards your hearts and minds. This next verse, verse 8 then says, Finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. The first thing we're called to do is pray. When you feel anxious, that's an alert. Head to God in prayer. And then his peace will guard your heart and mind. And that guard will allow you, if you take the opportunity to focus on other things, it'll allow you to stay in a place of peace that doesn't make sense. We're called to pray and then we're called to ponder. We're called to think upon the things of God. It doesn't mean we don't have a voice. It doesn't mean we aren't aware of the world around us. We're not sticking our head in the stand. There are just times that we need to shift our focus and change our thinking about something. And the last thing is that we need to practice. Verse 9 says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And once again, he repeats this, and the God of peace will be with you. The first time, the peace of God will guard your heart. This time it says the God of peace will be with you. When we feel anxious and overwhelmed, when we feel like we're drowning or sinking, when we don't know what to do next, that should be an alert. I need to go to God. Prayer is not our last resort. It's our first response. I'm going to say that again. Maybe you need to write that down. Prayer is not our last resort. It's our first response. We turn to God in prayer. And after that, we think on things above, and then we put into practice what he's asking us to do. And the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. What would happen if we as a church became those people in this cultural moment? We're in a series called For the Culture, that we exist more for than our own benefit. We're not Christians just for us. We're, we're called to make a difference in the world. 
we have a great commission to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What if we became people who could walk around with peace in the middle of a storm? That there's something different. And it's not that we're ignorant. It's not that we're not engaged. It's not that we don't know what's going on. But it's that God is with us. He's given us his peace. It's guarding our heart and it's guarding our mind. What if you became a non-anxious presence? I know I want that. I want friends in my life who I can go to and talk with that it's not my anxiety plus their anxiety and it's just, it's working itself up and we leave more stressed out than we were. Maybe we feel a little cathartic because we, we cried together or processed together, that sort of thing. No, I want somebody who has the peace of God to share that with me. But what if we all became that for the world around us? Wouldn't that be a testimony? Wouldn't that be a cool thing that we could offer our friends and our family and our coworkers to say, hey, it's not that I'm ignorant. It's not that I don't know what's going on. It's just that I have a relationship with a God in heaven who's real and he's giving me peace in the middle of my storm. Man, I think that would be really cool. I think praying is one of the ways that we can be for the culture, that we're people who pray first. It's not our last resort. I want to pray right now, but as I talked about that anxiety cycle, of being anxious and then trying to grasp for control and feeling out of control and being more anxious. The way to break that cycle is surrender, to humble ourselves before God and go to him. And so there is a thing that we're called to do, lift up holy hands. We're called to do that in church. And lifting your hands is a sign of either victory or surrender. And I think in this case, it's both. I think we are lifting our hands to heaven and saying, God, the victory is yours, whatever you have for me in my life. And I'm surrendering to that. I'm surrendering to you and I'm coming to you in prayer. And that's what I want to do right now. Let's pray together. God, we come to you. We cast our cares upon you, whatever we're feeling, God, that anxiety, that stress about school, about work, about what is going on in our country, about this relationship strain that I'm in, about all of these different things, God, we're casting that upon you. We're being honest with you. We're laying it out. God, would you send your spirit? Would you give us peace? Would you produce it inside of us? Would you change our focus? Would we think on things above? God, would you help us to put this into practice? That when we feel these things, it would be an alert to turn to you in prayer. Would you help us to be people filled with peace, not with anxiety? We thank you for that opportunity. We thank you for how much you love us and care about us. We praise you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I know that sounds almost too good to be true, but some of you have experienced it and you know how real it is. I've experienced it. The peace of God truly does transcend understanding. It's beyond our own human logic. If you've never experienced that, I hope you experience it today. I hope you come to him in your own words and just say, God, this is what I'm feeling. This is what's going on in my life. And I'm bringing it to you because I know you care about me. Help me. I would love for you to just pray that. And if there's something specific we can be praying for, let us know. Fill out the prayer or praise tab on our website and we'll have somebody praying with you. We'll have somebody reach out to you. We'd love to be praying in partnership with you. But if you've never experienced that, but you've also never had a relationship with Jesus, that is the place 
to start. Because the first prayer that he's going to hear from you is when you come to him in surrender of your life. That you say, God, I can't do this on my own anymore. I need you. I need your help as I live this life. Being a follower of Jesus is simply saying, I have realized that God is real, that he loves me, that he has a standard of holiness that I cannot reach. And because of that, I'm destined to eternity apart from him. But he loved me so much that he sent Jesus that I could have new life with him. It's saying, I believe that and I'm choosing to live that way now. I need that free gift. If that's you today, I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to pray just, God, forgive me. I'm sorry for the things I've done that have broken your heart, that have broken your law. Would you forgive me and wash me white as snow and make me brand new? Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Would you just wash over me right now and give me peace and new life? I want to live for you from now on. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear about what God is doing in your life. To share your story or a prayer request, simply hit contact on our website. You can also support the ministry of Hope Culture Church by visiting hopeculturechurch.com give. We hope you have a great week.